Holy Week, the very center of the Christian year, has liturgies that are very different from the ones we participate in during the rest of the year. Thanks to Egeria, the traveling nun of the fourth century, we know about how the events of surrounding the last days of Jesus were remembered and commemorated in the Holy Land. The procession with palms and the liturgies of the three great days, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil, all follow their own pattern, often with nuances that our friend Egeria first noted. The differences are purposeful, for they help all of us to hear anew each year the stories that form us as a community of faith. The lessons we hear and the actions in which we participate are powerful, and if we make an effort to enter the story and become part of it, the story will in turn become part of us. We will see life differently because we will be different people. This day has a very strange feel to it, beginning in joyful procession and ending in sadness and grief. Many of us love the procession with palms and shouts of Hosanna in the highest and singing all glory, laud, and honor. None of us enjoys the passion gospel that we just heard, the condemnation and suffering, the death and burial of Jesus. Many, including some clergy, think we should just do the palm part and then next Sunday celebrate the resurrection. That's the way it should be, someone said to me once, Jesus going from triumph to triumph. Well, that may be the way it should be, but it is rarely the way it is, not for Jesus and not for us. Preacher and writer Barbara Brown Taylor reminds us that most of us get through some of our lives believing in a universe that rewards good and punishes evil. And then one day something happens to shatter that belief and we learn the truth. You can do everything right and still get hurt. Goodness is no protection from pain. The passion narratives were probably the first part of the Gospels to be written down. And those who did the remembering and writing knew that this story was central to the life of the Christian community. This powerful story at the heart of our faith reveals once more the person of Jesus and constitutes the summation of his work. Because this is the third year of the lectionary cycle, we hear the passion from the Gospel of Luke the evangelist of God's plan of salvation history. In Luke, Jesus travels in a straight line from Nazareth in Galilee to the center of saving history, Jerusalem. And later it will be from Jerusalem that the risen Christ, present in the disciples through the work of the Holy Spirit, will travel to the ends of the earth. Luke, Luke presents the passion as a martyrium, as a witness to God's plan of salvation. We see in Jesus 
the features that will mark those whose lives and death will, deaths will witness to his saving power. Prayer, compassion, and forgiveness. Prayer forms the bookends of the narrative. Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane at the beginning of the story, and his last words are prayer. Father, into your hand I commend my spirit. Just as the life and ministry of Jesus has been marked with compassion for the poor, the sick, and the outcast, his final hours are filled with compassion for those he encounters. In the garden, he speaks tenderly to his betrayer and then heals the ear of the slave of the high priest. Even after Peter, the big talker, denies Jesus three times, Jesus turns and looks at him, and tradition holds that this was a look of compassion and continuing care for Peter. The Gospel tells us that Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies, became friends. Jesus has a healing effect even for those who mistreat him. Luke portrays people like the daughters of Jerusalem who were touched by his suffering and impending death. And from the cross, he asks forgiveness for those who crucify him and generously assures the good thief of a place in his kingdom. Luke also provides in his passion narrative, just as in the rest of his gospel, a place for the Gentiles and the outcasts. Simon of Cyrene appears upon the scene seemingly by accident, and takes up the cross of Jesus. The great multitude that followed Jesus probably included Gentiles as well as Jews, and Jesus dies between two criminals as a representative of such outcasts. And finally, it is the centurion, the Roman soldier, the foreigner, who speaks the truth about Jesus' innocence. There is also in the Passion narratives a place for us. Whether we hear this story for the first time or the 50th, it has great power for us. One commentator reminds us the story does not change. In it, Jesus will be crucified and he will die. So we do not listen to the story with the hope that somehow the ending might be different, that this year the story will be edited so there is less pain, less blood, or a lesser feeling of abandonment. No, we listen because in the community of faith, we are able to recognize the gospel story as our own, and that in the church we are strengthened year after year, so that when we ourselves face problems and perplexities, and perhaps even abandonment, we will be upheld by the witness and obedience of Jesus and by the support of the community of faith. Jesus, the crucified one, shows us what faithfulness looks like and calls us to walk in his way, even the way of the cross. Each year the church remembers God's faithfulness and love made present to us in Jesus. Each year, the church invites us to walk through the darkness of Holy Week, trusting that there is more to life 
than what we see. Each year, the church invites us to faithfulness, to trust that love is stronger than death. Amen. Amen.